This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi Blues it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Come on Does not know my name And I don't care No I don't care Heading my way For another place And I got Three good tires And a spare Right to the hook right here Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Low Budget Live not so live from the low budget live bar and grill and welcome you bunch of low lifers right here this is the podcast for november 9th monday november 9th and i'd like to thank all of you for joining me again and if you're new to this program you are now a low lifer whether you like it or not that's that's your cross to bear in life you are now a low lifer and that is what the listeners of this program call themselves so welcome new and old i I almost said new and used low lifers do y'all feel like used low lifers new and old low lifers so welcome to low budget live sometimes we do it live we do it not live way more than we do it live these days because you know life is busy life is busy but uh, i want to thank y'all for being here got a good one for you today i'm very excited about the guests we're going to have on, and uh, I'm just excited in general. It's been a big week. If you follow me on social media, I finally, finally got to shoot my 
bow at the deer that I have been uh, after since about August during the velvet season, and uh, I was able to make a great shot and got him, got him down. Nice 10-point here on my own property, and I was very pumped about that. And uh, deer hunt's a, a weird thing for me because it is uh, – it's bittersweet. I, I heard Hank Parker say this one time, you know, on a hunting show. He's holding up his big old buck. He says, the only, only bad part about this is is there's no catch and release with this. And that is very true because you get so uh, you get so wrapped up in, in the stories of these animals. You get pictures of them for years, and you have all these encounters and different things happen, and, and, and you feel like you, you've got this weird bond with them, you know, and then for it to end, you you shoot them, and it's it's a very – it's hard to explain. You hunters know what I'm talking about. Non-hunters definitely, uh, you know, they'll argue that. Uh, I've got some, even some family members that are like, really? You know, that's how you – that's how your bond ends is with an arrow. But it is. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain unless you've done it and you've pursued big, big game animals, you know, mature whitetails in particular – which I'm fascinated with, and uh, this one, man, this one got me, got me very, uh, <laughs> he got me a lot, a lot, and uh, I was able to kind of switch up on him this week, got a different uh, a camera in a different area, and I was like, ah, uh-huh, and the first city came up, and uh, and we ended the story, so very, very excited. Thank you for all your comments on that deer. A lot of times, deer hunting's a lot like fishing online. You know, you throw yourself out there, you're like, ah, I caught this three-pounder. People like, oh, you know, deer hunters are the worst, especially the ones like, shoot, let him go. If it makes you happy and it gets gets you, you know, your heart beating inside your chest and it, it gets you where you want to be, fulfilled, happy in your hunting experience, then by all means, you know, you do you. I, I say way too much, uh, you know, of the, you know, these judgmental comments about the size of deer. You know, I do myself. I try to shoot mature deer, you know, four or five years old. And uh, that's, that's always my goal, but sometimes that's not the case and, and uh, with everybody and, you know, to each their own. So thank y'all all for being kind about my beautiful Tennessee whitetail and it was uh, it was awesome. It was a very welcome distraction from the insanity <laughs> that this week has been in the division in our country. So it was nice to sit in a tree. And uh, our Tennessee archery season, uh, of course, it runs the entire time, and mostly I just bow hunt. But we have uh, black powder started Saturday, so I knew I had this small window left to be able to get this deer before the big guns start going off, and they really change their patterns and things. So I uh, was happy to be able to do it this week. Another really cool thing in the Duncan world, I got to fish the last tournament of the year with Hudson out at Naco Lake. Y'all have heard me talk about this. And uh, he and I finished seventh, which was a, a lot of fun with just two bass. And you'll see the video very soon. We decided to make a video of it. But we, uh, we caught a bunch of fish. Man, it's so hard to catch a freaking 12-inch keeper on that lake. And my hat's off to the guys that were able to. There's only one limit weighed in the entire deal. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, if you caught more than one fish, you were in the top 10. It was it was wild. But Hudson and I won some money. And it was so cool, as I've said on here many times, to see him embrace the sport of bass fishing uh, competitively, and and it was uh, it was a beautiful thing. It was a very uh, a very fun day. He caught our first keeper. I caught our second keeper. We both 
kind of traded shots all day, smack talking. It was a lot of fun. So uh, any, I, I cherish those days that a 13-year-old, especially in this day and time, wants to go and get out on the water with his dad. So we uh, we did not deer hunt this weekend, and we, we got after them old bass fish a little bit more. I want to say a huge thank you to my sponsors, Startron. They didn't help me kill a deer. It sounded like I was fixing to thank them for helping me kill a deer or catch fish in the tournament yesterday. But I got to thank the fine folks from Starbright, Startron, for kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you guys low-budget live, not so live, and low-budget live for several years now. These guys have my back. They're going to continue to for years to come, and uh, I really appreciate their partnership, and I appreciate them getting ethanol out of my gas in my weed eater, my chainsaw, my side-by-side. Had to use that side-by-side to haul that old deer out this weekend. This week, I mean. You know, put a little dab in your outboard motor. Keeps ethanol from gumming up the works, and nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run. So get you some Star Trot. Also, we are brought to you by Check it out, Sims Fishing Products. Sims making some of the most high-quality outdoor gear in the industry, especially, especially if you like to fish. The new Pro Dry Rain Suit, absolutely incredible. You will not regret it. Spend the money, spend the money, spend the money. I, I get asked that a lot by people over the years. You know, what's the number one thing I need? Rain suit. Don't even buy rods and reels buy you a good rain suit but the new sims the uh pro dry i've been absolutely blown away with it can't wait to try some of the other suits but right now it is uh i got to try it out in a freaking flood the other day and it's incredible so i am here to remind all of you low lifers you get one life fish it well and last but certainly not least because we're going to keep on saying this until there's one in the garage dadgummit the official boat of low budget live Express boats out of Hot Springs, Arkansas, performance bass boats. Of course, they're aluminum boats, and they are beast mode all the way. Got a 250 Yamaha show on the back of that bad boy. Cannot wait to get my 21 Pro in, and I got the C-Deck flooring, all the goods. If you've seen me, I'm so freaking pumped about getting that boat. But I want to thank the fine sponsors of Low Budget Live, Not So Live. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, big announcement, big announcement. Been putting this one off, been working on this one, and I'm very proud to announce that this fine program right here will now be available through Waypoint TV. Waypoint TV, you can get it on your Roku. They have a podcast whole podcast network that I now belong to. I'm one of the only bass fishing shows on there, and I'm very proud of that fact. Proud to join folks like uh, the Flats Class, these cool, cool podcasts, Captain's Collective, Tom Rowland has a show there. A lot of saltwater guys, a lot of hunting shows on there, but Waypoint TV, they have amazing hunting and fishing shows. JP DeRose, my boy JP, is on uh, the fishing side of things. Lots of great shows on there, and this will now be available. I believe it's DirecTV and on the Roku app. You can check it out. Waypoint TV, things are just, you know, I I have to pinch myself because I'm very proud to be in these situations, and you folks out there, I owe all the thanks to you show up every week and I can't thank you enough. So we're going to keep growing this 
and we're going to see see where it winds up. So Waypoint TV, I'm partnering with those people, and I cannot um, I cannot thank them enough for wanting me on their platform and for allowing me to be on the platform. So here we go. That's one of them. That's that's one of the ones I've been teasing for a very long time. That is a very big deal to me. And who knows, you may even see some boats and pros on Waypoint TV. We're working on some things, okay? Waypoint TV. So many, many, many shout outs to the fine folks there for having me, uh, you know, having me be a part of it. All right, we got to text our guests. I'm going to do a call early. And the reason I'm going to do the call early today uh, is our guest has a lot going on. Then we're going to jump into some things. You know, normally I kind of do the call thing at the end and in the show with it. But today's guest is, you know, he's, he's, he's a busy man and you're going to find out why. You're going to find out why in just a second. Uh, he is one of, okay, he told me 10 minutes so we can get into some stuff. 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes and then we're going to get on a guest. Y'all know this. So, so this kind of today, <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, the triple threat will tell you. I was laying on the couch watching Bassmaster Live. I'm recording this on Sunday. And uh, I, was, I was watching. Patrick Walters is blowing this thing out. It's almost over with. I, he's got like 137 pounds at this current juncture, I think, something like that. So I reach out to today's guest. Hey, I was thinking I normally record at night, different things. But I, I like to do these organically, right? Like I don't want to do some canned interview. Like I like it to be as I'm recording, not separate and it makes it hard sometimes and that's why I am kind of a one-man band because if I've got a producer and I've got this and that I can't do what I'm fixing to get to do with today's guest and uh, which is just spur of the moment so I literally had to run to the LBL bar and grill and get uh, get cranked up for today so we are uh, we're gonna get uh, get with him in about nine minutes so I've got nine minutes to uh to to jump in on some other things we can we can do this all right so congratulations to patrick walters i want to i want to start there congratulations to patrick walters i think professional bass fishing is supposed to be what we're seeing this week for at fork and what i mean by that is it's rare in this day and time of this constant flow of content and live cameras that you're truly just blown away or that a field is blown away. And in the day you think about, you know, like the Dean Rojas turn, 45 pounds. You think about these crazy events, these historical events. This is one of those. And for a guy to lap the field, lap the field, okay, in this day and time, this time of year, it's something we don't see anymore that much. You know, we see some big margins of victory, but nothing like this, man. Nothing like this in a five-fish format. And for him to go to one of the most pressured lakes in the country, a very heralded lake full of giant bass, and crack the code on something that apparently hasn't been done there i would say you know i'd say some of the guides definitely fish this way some but man i've never seen anybody in recent memory that dialed i don't feel like and patrick's been dialed all year he's gonna end up like third in aoy 
in his only his second year on the elites. He won the Lake Hartwell Bassmaster Open, another tournament tournament where he was very dialed in as well. And the crazy thing is, you got Patrick, who is a Johnson Outdoors Humminbird sponsored angler, but he's like everybody else. He's got to have a Garmin Live Scope, and it's just if you are doing this at that level, you better have one, right? And so it's even more special to me that he is dominating because so many guys have that technology at their disposal. It's him figuring out. And that's where the sport will go. The sport is growing in that sense and changing. You're seeing a change. A lot of people, oh, electronics, I hate them. You see that crap. We're going to continue to see that crap. But these people that figure it out and then figure it out to that next level because a lot of people could have seen this fish. You could have seen these fish on Humminbird 360. You could have seen them on your Lowrance. You could probably, but but that live forward facing, as Mark Zona has said 419 times on live, forward facing sonar is such a difference maker in seeing your bait, seeing how the fish react to it in real time. Humminbird will have one of these. Lawrence will have something better than what they have now. But right now, Garmin is in the driver's seat with that technology, and it is amazing to watch it play out. It is. And, of course, you all know I'm a Garmin guy. I'm on the team and have been for a long time. I got one of the first ones that anybody ever had. I got to do the demo. When they released it at ICAST, there were three of us that had one, and I was one of the three. The thing is crazy, man. It is crazy. You still have to catch the bass. It has taught me, though, so much about the way bass relate to certain things and lures, and, and it's, it's truly incredible. But that aside, put all that aside, what Patrick Walters did, shuffling through baits, trying to figure out what they would react to, it, it was incredible. It was incredible to see, and just freaking lapped them in his little tiny booty shorts he lapped the fields and something to see. You know, I, I had a lot of people reach out to me via Instagrams about the fact that Zona was saying forward facing sonar, forward facing sonar, forward facing sonar so much. And Ronnie and, and, uh, and Tommy Sanders as well. And you got to realize how all this plays out in a sponsor world. Humminbird is a gigantic sponsor of bass. They're not just going to name drop that over and over and over. You can imagine how bad the people at Johnson Outdoors and Lawrence hate hearing live scope, but they're behind the eight ball in that technology. Now, we'll say this. I've had a lot of people reach out about this too. Hey, man, what would you get? What would you get? 360 or live scope. They're different tools and, and, you can't have them all. They're expensive. I understand that. But they do different things. Humminbird 360 is freaking amazing. It's amazing technology. Amazing. Their side imaging, amazing technology. Okay? But it's not live. Will they have something? I think they'll have something very soon. But I think they're going to have so much pressure. But uh, you got to understand, though, that bass they can't they're not going to say that it's frustrating because it's almost like 
you know, the fans are almost, I, I understand that people are aggravated that they won't just say it because they're like, oh, are we dummies? You don't think we know? I mean, of course you know. So it, it's just a, it's just a, it's a fine line, man. When you're sponsored, it is a very fine line. And, uh, you know, they'll probably figure that out <laughs> over time, I guess, how to handle that. But I think more transparency in fishing will is a good thing and i think we got to get there even if you're sponsored by you know uh, you, we saw it with patrick walters he's sponsored by rapala he ain't throwing over Rapala jerk baits mega bass and duo realis and things we've got to get there and and we the the live coverage has really helped us get there okay but uh, as long as people need sponsor money and and, and People by people, I mean the tournament trails, and I could be in the same boat when I do MPFL. I mean, they who knows, but uh, it, it just puts it puts the commentators in a difficult position because I, I I know that uh, a lot of you that have reached out to me are like, "Whoa, this is stupid," and, but it, you just gotta understand that's just how it is. It's just how it is. Uh, it, is it cool that it's that way? No, it's not. But it that's just how it is. It's how they make a living, so it is what it is. Uh, but I can tell you right now. There are going to be a lot of pro staff, a lot of pro staff conversations that go on after this. And what I mean by that is, does Garmin need pro staff anymore? Because they're getting all this press. Does Humminbird want to sponsor guys that don't want to just use Humminbird? I, I don't know. Lawrence guys, you know, you see it on Lawrence guys' boats, you see it on Humminbird guys' boats, and it's it's a really interesting conversation. There's already been some big moves that that – have happened this fall because guys wanted to run panoptics that were with other companies and the other companies and rightfully so don't want you running the competitor's product it's just uh i don't know and then you see what jacob wheeler did this year he just said screw it didn't have a contract and ran all of them so where are we headed with all of that i don't know it is an interesting time, to say the least, for, for, for professional fishing in that electronics realm as companies come out with more stuff. And I love, you know, it, it's the same as MLF and Bass. MLF, with the big change, uh, a lot of guys leaving Bass, it did make Bass push and, and change things for Bass. Without a doubt, competition is a good thing, if it's done the right way, of course. But uh, competition is, is, is interesting, and all these companies making all this awesome equipment, it's only going to benefit us fishermen in the long run, and we're just going to keep getting cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler things pushed to the forefront every single year. And, and uh, on the reverse side of that, it's just going to really make fishing get a lot tougher, <laughs> I feel like, because they're going to be like caught in the damn face all the time. All right. My guest today, I'm going to try to call him right now. So my guest today uh, is one of my childhood heroes. I, I, I can't move on without saying that. He is somebody I've always looked up to, I've fished against. I've had many conversations with this guy over the, over the course of, of my career in this industry. Uh, he has 2.5, over $2.5 million in career earnings. He's a former FLW winner, former FLW Angler of the Year, and he is your current, right now, as of yesterday, crowned Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year, Mr. Clark Winlet. How are you, sir? Hey, man. Are you doing okay? 
out doing there. Really well, how are you doing, man? I, you know what, I'm doing great, but I, I'm not doing as good as one of my fishing heroes is right now, and that is you, sir, who uh, just getting to hoist that trophy, man. I was watching Bass Live this morning, and I and I text you spur of the moment. I I am a one man band at Low Budget Live, Clark. You know that, and uh, <laughs> I need Wade Middleton or somebody to come help me with this process. As a matter of fact, but I'm a one man band, so I've kind of got to be at the uh, you know, the mercy of the guest. And we didn't know how this thing was going to play out even yesterday. So I wasn't going to book anybody really as a guest. So then when it's official, I wake up this morning, I'm watching it and I'm going, I got to get Clark on today because I upload on Monday. So I appreciate you carving out some time for me, brother. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. That'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So I, I got to say this was for, I feel like for the fans in particular, this was one of the most interesting seasons. Obviously, you take the COVID aside and everything. It, it, like Zona said, it felt like it was uh, three years ago when the season started. But the way the Angler of the Year race, like you, you dominated it, especially coming out of those Northern Swing, the Northern Swing. And I said on this show, it will be interesting to see at the upper – part of that points uh list how it changes coming into those three back-to-back-to-back tournaments and i wasn't really talking about you because i feel like you're one of the most versatile anglers on planet earth but talk about when you guys got to chickamauga and you weighed one bass you were one of the most mentally tough dudes in the sport did that i mean did that impact you yeah, it absolutely did, you know, because I had such a good lead. You know, I had a 35-point lead coming in, and then Corey Johnson didn't do very well there either. And so, um, you know, I could have, like, had to not even catch one at Lake Fork if I'd have just had a decent tournament. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but it was so brutally tough there that it was one of those that, you know, I, I never really figured out anything in practice. The last day of practice, I had about 10 bites, but they were all frogging, and then that – and then that front came in and they ended up catching them on a frog. You know, some guys would catch one a day. Some guys would catch three. Um, and you know, the winner actually won it on a frog, but I mean, it's, it was just, you didn't get many bites. It wasn't like I'm going to throw a frog all day. And then the other thing about it was, is there's so much pressure there. So there was, there was every local there is throwing a frog across every match you come to. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a little intimidating and, and, and I just couldn't catch one. I fished pretty well the last day, and I, I didn't catch anything. And so, you know, you couldn't tell that I fished well. But I just decided I'm not just going to die throwing a frog all day. I, I had, you know, about four bites the day before, and I and I lost or missed four of them and caught one. And I, I was just like, I'm not doing that again. And so I just went and did what I like to do, and I fished the lower end. And I just didn't catch anything. I mean, it just it was just one of those days. I fished as hard as I could fish, but – yeah, it was it was mentally that was pretty brutal after that tournament. I, and I and I and this is this is going to sound sadistic, I guess, but I like to hear you say that because you seem like a guy that's hard to shake, and I know you're hard to shake on the water. I mean, but but for you to say, yeah, that got to me. I think that for a lot of folks listening, they can relate to that. You know, whether it's just a Saturday fishing where it doesn't go right, or you've got a lot on the line in your in your tournament trail that you fish. It's it's uh, sometimes it's okay to see superheroes be a little human, you know. So I and and for the drama of it, because like you said, you catch them decent at Chick. We don't even talk about AOI at Fort because it's just they're just gonna hand you the trophy basically. So it, it really shook things up. Well, can't, now that that Fork is over, 
I mean, can you breathe a little bit? I mean, are you starting yeah. to enjoy it? Yeah. I, I mean, it, and yesterday I probably was just a little bit in shock. You know, I, even when I came in, I didn't know for sure. You know, I'm not sure if somebody's not registering on fast track and, you know, I knew about where I needed to finish. And I really thought I had enough weight because when I kind of looked at how much weight I needed, I had a pretty big lead on 30th place and I thought I needed to get to 30th. And so, um, you know, when I caught the last two and ended up with seven something, you know, which is not a great day, but those were awfully important bass. Yes. Um, you know, that to me, that got me to the point I needed to be. And so I thought I, I thought I thought I probably had it. You know, I made it in by like four minutes because I fished in the last second. Man. And, uh, you know, I mean, looking back on it, it was I mean, it was a pretty incredible year. It was a, it was an incredible ride all the way through. And, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to really enjoy it. I mean, to, I woke up this morning at 2 a.m. literally and couldn't go back to sleep. And so I woke Patty up and so I could talk to somebody. And then, and then she wanted to go back to sleep. So then I was like, well, I just have to go wake my daughter up. So I go wake her up. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like, I'm just like fired up. I mean, it was like, yeah, I can, I can breathe now. This is pretty good. That's awesome, man. That That's such a great story. Now, I want to ask you, so you are, you know, obviously – you, you fished bass for a very long time uh, back in back in the day, as the kids say. But then you had this career with FLW, over $2 million in earnings, an FLW Angler of the Year. Does this Angler of the Year for you feel any different? Because I was that 13, 14-year-old kid that had your uh, Wheaties box <laughs> when, when you yeah. won with FLW. How does this one stack up later in your career? You're a veteran. How does it feel I mean, I'm guessing that's like 20 years ago now. So how, how does that feel uh, compared to your to your FLW AOI? Well, you know, it's it's it, it feels better. I mean, to to answer the question, but the thing about it is, is that you know when I won my first two AOIs, those were a long time ago. <laughs> you know, we're talking about 20 to 22 years ago yep. uh, when I won those first two. I mean, I don't even really remember how I felt. You know, I, and I was young and dumb at that point and didn't didn't have any, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about anything. And then the, the third AOI with, uh, with FLW, we were at Lake Champlain mm-hmm. and, and I, I felt the enormity of the moment in that one. I mean, I knew that that was big to be a three-time angler yes. of the year. Um, I think it was, I was the only one, you know, with FLW at that point to have won three. And so that felt, you know, that felt really good, but this one, you know, Hey, I mean, Listen, I mean, we can say whatever we want. FLW was great to me. I had a great career there. Um, but being with Bass and doing it with Bass, and, I mean, Bass was the first one. Bass has the classic. Um, Bass has set the standard in the industry, and they still are. And so, to me, to have won this, and, I mean, I put an amazing amount of pressure on myself going into this tournament, not because I felt like I needed to win it, or it's just I wanted it. I wanted. I just wanted it so bad. And, uh, I mean, I, I've been thinking about it since the Northern Swing. I mean, you talk about the Northern Swing. we still got four tournaments. I know the, the situation. I mean, all I got to yes. do is have one bad tournament, and I'm out of it, you know. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was pressure that I put on myself, but I just – this was something – that I feel like AOI on the Elite Series is the biggest award in fishing. I mean, it just, Without I doubt. just think it is. And I'm not tooting my own horn to say that. I would have said that no, whether of I course not. lost uh, or even finished last. I mean, that's it's the biggest event, a uh, biggest award in fishing. And, and I wanted to win it, and I did. So, I mean, I'm, I'm tickled, proud, and humbled also 
by the fact that I just had the opportunity to and, do it. And you join a list of names that, you know, are just incredible in the sport, obviously, just like the list of names at FLW that you that you won with. Is it is it more special for you because you've been doing this, like you said, your, your first couple AOIs were over 20 years ago. Is it more special now for you, regardless of the fact that it's bass and it is, and they are the OGs, the original, you know, tournament trail out there with the classic, but is it more special now, do you think, because the competition is so much stronger with the young guys coming? I mean, it, it seems like the playing field is more even now than it's ever been. Yeah, and I do think you're right on that. I mean, I was talking to Davey Hyde about it yesterday, some, and, and I was I was like, you know, um, you know, the fishermen are better today. Well, they are better, but they've just got more tools at their yes. disposal. I mean, you know, we we've got electronics that are amazing now, <laughs> and uh, you and I have talked about that before. Yes. And I mean, you know, I, the one thing I've done is I've embraced the electronics, but um, but you got to if you want to compete, you don't have any choice. That's and right. So, um, you know, the, the electronics have been great. I, I, you know, for me, this one was probably, um, it was the most special, uh, because, you know, I, I just knew the gravity of the situation. I, you know, I, Hey, I may win angler of the year again, maybe next year, maybe, maybe past that. I don't know. I'm loving fishing right now, but I knew I had a really good chance in this one because things had gone well. I was fishing well. Um, and uh, I, I really just didn't want to let it slip away, to be honest with you. Well, that's, you could see it, and, and I, I feel like it's fair to say I, I know you. I've been around you. I've competed against you. I've had I've been, had my brains beat out by you more times than uh, I care to even admit uh, in life. But but I will say I, I, I watched watching you on live this morning with your interview with the guys was great. And then, but watching you, you had your wife and daughter there on stage, your facial expression, I felt like, I was like, you know what, man, that is like a, a deep exhale from Clark. He is, this meant so much to him. It was so cool to see. Because like I said, this is an honor for me to even have you on here. I told you a story one time, and, and I don't know if you'll remember it, but it was my rookie year, and we were at Hartwell, and I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off finding bedding fish and uh and you know here i am second tournament out and i'm thinking man i'm fixing to catch them up and and i truly learned a lot about sight fishing from watching clark winlet at beaver lake and flw's on espn i mean a lot of the stuff and floating worm you were always one of my guys so it was it was funny i was coming out of this pocket and i called my my dad and uh and i said hey you know give me an update things are going pretty good i'm finding some and then you came out of the same pocket i just came in I, and i said hey never mind clark winlet just found the same fish as me i'm screwed <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was I like this that. big that was like this big wake-up call for me like hey buddy these guys are amazing and now you're getting to compete against these guys and i, I it was yeah. such a weird but great moment for me, uh, and and I, I remember telling you that story, and you just kind of laughing because you and shaking your head because you are that humble guy, man. That uh, it, it's always a pleasure to be around you. And I just want to say thank you for calling in, and just a huge congratulations, man. It's well, it's thanks. Awesome. I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, hey, I, like I said, I mean, I'm honored to have the opportunity to to compete bass right now, and I'm 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 honored that I had the opportunity to win and. I mean, you know, I, I think humility is an important thing, and 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 I think people need it, and and I think it's something that that I, I mean, I don't want it to separate me. I'd love more people to be humble and truly know. I mean, hey, I'm just a guy that can fish well. I'm no more than that. I'm no different than anybody else. I've got a God-given gift, and and 
and I'm going to just work as hard as I can. And, and that's just kind of who I am. And so, um, but I appreciate it. I, I, I know you, you and I have been friends a long time and I, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Well, I, I, it means a lot to me that you take the time to do it. Now, go uh, go enjoy it and go sign some dadgum autographs as AOI, buddy. I, that's that's pretty dadgum cool right there. Yeah, that sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Clark. Okay. Take care, Luke. Clark Winlet. And like I said, that was uh, – that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that uh, that – that guys like Clark are willing to do uh, low budget live. For me, you know, I grew up in the late '90s watching tournament bass fishing, and he was so dominant at FLW, man, so dominant. I probably met him many years ago, just as a as a kid in the stands, and uh, got to know him um, over the course of my career a little bit. And he is uh, he is exactly that. He is a humble. Very kind, um, hard, hard-working family man, and uh, I am very, uh, very grateful that he took the time to uh, to give us a little bit. That was awesome, so awesome, and that was it. Was so uh, for me. It's it's cool because I'm an FLW guy, right? I came, I, I fished FLW. I love bass, but I fished FLW, fished the opens uh, early in my career, but you know, kind of carved out my whatever path with FLW there for a few years. And to see Canterbury win Angler of the Year, you know, after the big shift and shakeup in the sport, to see Canterbury, an FLW guy, hoist the trophy last year, to see Clark hoist it this year. And they were guys that that got snatched up from FLW after the big uh, big switch. It's, it's, it's a testament to what was going on there and what's still going on at FLW in the pro circuit. I mean, it's great anglers, man. Great anglers. Um over there fishing and uh, you know and I, I hope it, it it all works out for them you know no matter which direction they choose to go awesome awesome all right Th- there was something else that uh you know clark he, he mentioned that he said that you can either adapt with technology or or get left behind and uh he's definitely done that he he talked about that on bass live how he has embraced live scope more and more. And he's a Garmin ambassador, you know, but he's he's talking about he's still that's not his his style necessarily, but he's really, really adapted and it showed uh this year. Congratulations though, also David Mullins, huge, huge year, uh best year ever in his career. Proud for that guy. Uh, proud Brandon Polnick, another top ten out there at Lake Fork, and congrats to Austin Felix for winning Rookie of the Year, and Kyle Welcher right there. Kyle's a guy I'm definitely going to have on as well very soon. But congrats to all those guys. I'm kind of sad that fishing's over, but uh, we get a couple months, and I'm sure we'll get a get a reboot here very, very soon. All right, one more thing that we're going to talk about before uh, we move on to next week here. Uh, and, and the next time you see me, will be on LD and the MC, Episode 3. So last week I uploaded on Monday. You know, I don't I don't do it live on Mondays. And I was I saw a couple comments, not not a lot of comments about this, okay, but a couple comments that were calling me to the mat, so to speak. Uh 
I record this on the weekend, put it up on Monday. So I have no idea that Boyd Duckett's going to be on Bass Talk Live. That's not, Mark Jeffries doesn't tell me his guest schedule, uh, rightfully so. And I, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, and honestly, like that wasn't even anything on my radar. I was going along with my Monday and then saw that he was on there and I, I didn't watch it. I haven't, uh, full disclosure, I, I haven't watched it. I had a lot of people tell me what he said. And for me, man, you know, and some people were like, you tell the facts. There were a couple comments that were just clearly just super fanboys that were like, tell the facts like it is and tell it that MLF got screwed over by bass scheduled on top of them. And look, here's the thing. I don't work for either organization. The only organization I work for is MPFL, <laughs> right? Full disclosure. Uh, so I don't know the ins and outs of either one of their businesses. They are fierce competitors. I will say this. All I publicly know is that the damn MLF schedule was announced, VPT schedule is now October 22nd, okay? And that there are dates on top of the classic. He was quoted as saying that they were on their website in February and that Bass scheduled on top of them. You know, Mercer and I touched on it a little bit on LD and the MC. It's the freaking Bassmaster Classic, okay? I don't know. I, I, I do know that we there are a few anglers that have left the BPT, and there are more leaving, and that the overwhelming theme in conversations I've had with some of these anglers is that they don't trust certain people within that organization. So I would say this. You... Make your own decisions. If you want to believe what Boyd said on Bass Talk Live, then then so be it. That's fine. Um, I'm not saying I don't or I do believe it. I'm just saying us, us people, uh, um, as free will thinking Americans, think what you want to think. That's what's beautiful about it. If you want to love every move they make, love it. I don't care. Uh, but don't come at me. My, my thing was a lot of the comments pointed at me like I, I was trying to, you know, fake news that I was trying to uh, stir stuff up that wasn't true. And I'm like, I don't even know that interview is going to happen, Jack. Like the day before me recording that, I'm just going off the facts. This is what I told an MLF angler one time when they were saying, when you make up all stuff, I'm like, no, I'm reading this from your press releases. <laughs> like, and then I just comment on it with my sarcasm, whatever. So I was just going by that i still stand by the fact that it sucks for sponsors it sucks for the anglers and it sucks for the fans but ultimately i think it's going to suck for bpt because i don't think you're going to have a lot of people you know look that direction as much you know will i still check it out the same week of course i'll see how guys are doing you know uh, and i think a lot of fans will but i'm just saying i think it, it's just not smart and this has always been a problem. Let's talk about that. Way before, way before, there was a BPT and an MLF and a Boy Duncan. Way before, way before, FLW and Bass have scheduled on top of each other year after year after year after year after year, for the most part. There's no working together on those schedules at all. Uh, Boyd said that FLW now, he's, you know, running the show there, I guess now, but uh, that they schedule over 200, and they do. 
that's a lot of damn events to schedule. And I have said on this program that the fact that they have a schedule out for all... Knock my microphone. I was talking with my hands so much, knocked it down, I punched it, uppercutted it. Right there, Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, the fact that they have all those schedules out is incredible to me in this COVID world. It is, because... I, I'm I'm behind the scenes on some of that kind of stuff right now, and it ain't easy. And then I know that like the Bass Opens and the Elite Series, you know, it's it's they're they still haven't announced, and it's it's a tough, tough world out there, tourism wise, and with everything that goes into play into booking an event right now, whether that's a damn bass fishing tournament or a, or a concert, right? So my hats off to them for that, big time, but. When it comes to whether Boyd tells the truth or not, I'll say this. I don't trust politicians uh, most of the time. And some things, if they sound too good to be true, most of the times they are. You kind of got to go with your gut. Uh, I probably uh, would grab an umbrella if he told me the sun was shining bright outside. But y'all, you know, on this certain instance, I don't know where there's true, false, or otherwise. I don't know. Maybe Bass looked at, maybe Bass Googled BPT dates. Hmm. And looked at them on their website and were like, boys, schedule the classic for this week. They have their dates on their website. Did we Google? I don't know. Maybe that's the case. But I know if you're constantly getting blamed for just shenanigans, you're probably just going to defend yourself in whatever way you can. That's what I'm going to say to that so find out otherwise i'll say i'm wrong and i will do a show talking about bass the classic the biggest tournament in the world scheduling on top of a bass pro tour event where fans don't even have a reason to congregate i will talk about that (laughs) and talk about how the guys that are sponsored by a lot of the uh, companies in the industry that will have booths at the classic if we get to have a classic let's let's not even go there but uh that they can't work for sponsors I don't know, you know, I don't know, do not know. So that's kind of my take on that, for better or worse. I, I don't know, I don't know. Don't don't say that I'm whatever in the comments about that, like you did last week, a couple of you. And, and, and damn sure, if you don't agree with what I got to say, you don't need to be listening to it. It's kind of my, I guess, overall take. I don't know. Uh Thank y'all so much for watching LD and the MC. Hopefully our world kind of calms down this week and y'all can enjoy it again. This week, episode three, we had some technical difficulties, Dave and I trying to Zoom, but I bought a new camera and everything. Uh, That's a whole other story for LD and the MC. But uh, got a new one coming for you. Got a Boats and Pros coming probably next week with Mr. Randy Howe. Can't wait. Got some fishing videos this week for you as well. Make sure you're subscribed to the Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus YouTube channel if this is the platform that you are watching this on. If you are watching this on Waypoint TV, welcome. You are now a lowlifer. And uh, all I can say is thank you guys so much for everything. Make sure you hug your mama and your daddy. And I'm going to take you out with a little bit of Biloxi Blues, a little song I wrote. And uh, we will see y'all next time never could make it last Spanish moss a Civil War ghost well I'm gonna leave them in the past any direction
Searching, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there 